It's been a while, but we got Biz back. He took a little break from his lawyering duties, and we are ready to roll. We got Hawkeye Hoops, a big one with number one Purdue. We got football and the latest with Brian Ferentz and a whole lot more today on Locked On Hawkeyes. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in again to the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. I'm Trent Condon. That's my buddy Biz as we talk the world of Hawkeye sports with you. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash lockdown today to get started. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. We're available wherever you get podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and you can see us. What's up, Biz? How you doing? I'm doing well. You know, it's, uh, it's been uh, at least a month, I think. And, uh, it's yeah. been, as always, we talk about this all the time, Trent, Iowa sports is never boring, man. Uh, you know, the, never even a week can go by without something, uh, something crazy happening. And so, you know, just, just so people can, uh, find out how the, how the sausage is made with this wonderful podcast. Usually Trent gives me like a 12 hour notice on, Hey, can we do this? And then, and then he asked me what we want to talk about. And so I usually send a list of a couple of things. And I, I told him this week, we, we got to start with basketball because if we if we start with the uh, the Brian Ferris discussion, it's just going to lead to 30 minutes of me screaming into a <laughs> screaming at people. So let, let's start with the positive trend. How about that Iowa basketball team? Both, both Iowa basketball teams. Absolutely. And we'll get into both sides of it. And we start with the men's team. It has been a chaotic year. It has been so up and down and inconsistent. But boy, when it's good, it's really good. This three-game winning streak. Yeah, they all came at Carver. I get that. The Illinois game was incredible. The environment, the buildup to it, with what happened with the Orange Crush. I think that added yet an extra layer to just kind of the pomp and circumstance surrounding that game. But even the two games previous, against Rutgers, against Northwestern, the two best defensive teams in the Big Ten, I was just scoring at will against them. And I think there's something about that Rutgers matchup. It just it marries incredibly well with what Iowa does offensively because they've been able to score against Rutgers seemingly every single time out there here recently. And that their Northwestern team was good. I think they ran out of gas, but Iowa to win these three games. Yet they were slight favorite in all three, but you know numbers, Biz. To win three in a row, even at home, the chances were not great that they were going to be able to do that, to pull that off quite the week in six days for Iowa hoops. Well, in general, this is just such a fun team. I, I, I can't remember when you, when you combine Iowa women's basketball and Iowa men's basketball, two teams that were this fun to watch. They're just, you know, the Iowa men's team, when they get it clicking and when their shots are falling, it's beautiful basketball. I mean, there was a stretch. I think I posted that four-minute stretch in Northwestern when we went from, what, down one to up 14 and four minutes late in the game. It doesn't – offensive basketball doesn't get any prettier than that. I mean, we were – I mean, the ball – you know, I think it was – it ended up being two two threes and three dunks, and it was just beautiful ball movement. And the cool thing about this team is over the last month, you found out – I mean, there's five or six guys that are capable of taking over a game. I mean, there's been times when Nebracha has been a, a beast for us. I mean – Obviously, Tony Perkins was out of his mind against Illinois. Aaron Euless went through a two-game stretch where he was unstoppable. Um, and then you've obviously got uh, Murray, who, you know, hopefully he 
doesn't take a back seat as much as he as he does. And then you've got Connor McCaffrey, who's just you know he is what he is. I mean he he's gonna do the things, but he's had games where he's taken over. It's just like I said, it's beautiful basketball, and it's pretty amazing because you know a month ago I think everybody kind of left this team for dead, and for good reason. There was a stretch there where it was definitely not beautiful basketball. Eastern Illinois was a debacle. I was at the Nebraska game. They looked like a team that was just didn't enjoy playing with each other. And now how quickly it changes. Cause man, they, they look like they, not only are they, they winning, but they're winning in a, in a really fun way. They're just playing, playing, playing really enjoyable basketball to watch. It's fun. It's enjoyable. Now, Oh, it's a huge matchup coming up against uh, Purdue. And as we uh, record here today, we're a couple of years, days before, but people will be seeing this on Thursday before the game. It's the number one team in the country. It's been a house of horrors. Yeah, I was picked up a couple of wins there, but they don't come often when you make your way there. Obviously, they shoot the ball better there. Those freshmen play a lot better at home than they do on the road. Uh, those guards, lawyer especially, but it, it's Edie. And schematically, game plan wise, when, when you're going up against this behemoth, yeah, I was going to have to shoot well. They're probably going to have to hit you know, 8 to 12 threes to even have a chance in this game. They're going to have to get some stops. But specifically with Edie, with Rebracha and a couple of question marks after that, and we see Mulvey, he can go in there and run around for a couple minutes, maybe tire him. We saw Gundelay a year ago, and sounds like maybe he's got a chance to play against the Boilermakers. What's I would do? What, what's the game plan? What's the scheme? What are you coming up with here just to try to even slow him down? Or do you say, the hell with it? Let him get his. Let's stop everybody else. I, I mean, I think we'll do very similar to what we do with Dickinson. I mean, every time you see Iowa play Michigan, we double instantly. And we make Dickinson make a decision and, and make a read off it. And I think we'll do the same thing with ED. I think we'll double instantly. I think we'll force them to make shots. And and the fact of the matter is, I mean, we go to our odds of winning that game or what? I mean, we play them 10 times, we're going to lose at Mackey nine times out of 10 for sure. Yeah. And like you said, it's going to come down to, we need them to shoot poorly and we got to shoot well. And, but you know, again, I, if we went in there and won, it wouldn't shock me. Ruck, Rutgers went in there and won and Rutgers. I mean, it's, it's very unlikely, but it, it's not impossible. I mean, yeah, they're, they're the number one team in the nation, but the fact of the matter is Trent, the way college basketball is this year, there's not a team in the nation. We can't beat when we're shooting the ball. Does that mean we're going to win? No, but I mean, rarely can you say that about any Iowa sports team. I mean, Iowa football, no matter how good we are, we're not going into Georgia. We're not going into Bama and winning. Uh, with basketball right now, basketball is, there's a lot of parody in college basketball right now. And, and you know, look at that top five or top 10 and say, is there, is there a single team in there that you say Iowa absolutely cannot beat? No. I mean, we're, we're when we're making shots, we can beat anybody. But on the flip side, I mean, if we're not making shots, we can lose to Eastern Illinois. I mean, that's that's it's razor thin. And we talk about that a lot in Iowa sports. The the margin of error is, is razor thin. And you know, we need a lot of things to go our way. They gotta shoot you know, if they shoot six for twenty-five on threes and we shoot eleven for twenty-two on threes, who knows? Got a chance. Got a chance. And but I, I think we will force the ball out of Edie's hands. I mean, he's gonna get his twenty, mm -hmm. but we're not gonna sit back and let him get thirty-five. It's good call, and you're exactly right. What they've done in the past that makes a lot of sense. One other thing, Biz, like you, I'm a numbers guy. I like looking at advanced analytics and trying to figure out, you know, if they actually tell a story and finding narratives from that. But there's also the intangible part about this Iowa basketball team, and 
they got some butt kickers out there. Rebracha, he doesn't back down for anybody. And there's plenty of nights that he's given up three, four inches. And he's given up 30, 40 pounds. And he's just in there and he's going to grind and he's going to fight. And he has that. We know Connor. You know, he's just got that bulldog mentality. Tony Perkins absolutely has that. And, and maybe that's a reason for me to have a little more optimism. Talked about this way back at the beginning of the year. Maybe this team is a little bit different. And that's what I keep coming back to. Just this team's got some fight in them. They got some dogs out there and they're not going to back down. Yeah, Chris Murray, he's not that guy. But they have enough other guys out there that if the going gets tough, say a game like Richmond a year ago in the tournament, this team feels like maybe they have the right DNA to be able to work through that, get through that, and find a way to get a win. Or is that me just trying to find something to get optimistic about when we get to March? It's weird because I, I agree with you for the most part, but then there's been a few games where it's just head scratchers. That, that loss at Ohio State, we kind of rolled oh, over in that game yeah. and didn't battle. And so I don't know. That's why I was so excited to see Tony Perkins do what he did um, on Saturday, because when Tony has that FU mentality, we're a different team. And I thought about this time last year is when he turned it on and was, was really awesome down the stretch. And he's done that at times this year, but at times he seemed, I don't know if frustrated is the right word, but he seemed yeah. almost, you know, I'm not sure him and Fran have been on the same page. He's been benched a couple times. You know, he, he just at times doesn't seem as connected as I'd like to see him. But, I mean, he was unstoppable on on Saturday. I mean, there, was, there aren't many guys in Iowa basketball that you can remember with performances like that. I mean, what do you have, 25 in the second half? And not one of them was an uncontested shot. I mean, these were basically take take it, get the hell out of the way. I'm going to get to my my – preferred spot and that little 15 foot pull up and, and you're not going to stop me. And when he has that mentality, we're a different team because Connor being having a few mentality is great. Even Rebracha having it is great, but those two really can't take over basketball games. Tony can. And mm-hmm. as we've seen, sometimes Chris Murray doesn't want to take over a basketball game, which is a whole nother podcast. I want to talk about that. So, but, uh, when Tony decides he wants to take over, we're a different team. And so, yeah, I I agree with you, but I also, for whatever reason, every once in a while, we just haven't, you know, I get it. It's hard to bring it every single game, a 20-game Big Ten season. But uh, you know, that Ohio State head-scratcher still kind of scares me a little bit because we, we looked bad that game. And so, you know, I, I want to see us go on the road. And, and, I mean, the Michigan State game we lost, but, man, we, we fought our hearts out that game. If we just made one more bucket, we win. But, yeah, I, I – I agree with you in general. This team is – that's part of the reason I said it's such a fun team. France teams have always been good on the offensive side of the ball. But now they battle. I mean, they're still they're still a flawed defensive team. They're not a great defensive team. They're never going to be. But uh, they, they sure as heck battle nine times out of ten at least. Well, it is more basketball conversations still to come. We're also going to talk a little bit more about that women's team, a huge one also for them coming up against the second-ranked team in the country as they face off against Indiana. That'll be a 5.30 start, 6 o'clock for the Iowa-Purdue men's game. So have to get that dual TV set up, get the couple of screens in front of you to watch a couple of good basketball games coming up on Thursday evening. We will get into that. And, of course, yes, we will talk about the latest in Iowa football, the benchmarks that Brian Ferentz has to hit when we come back. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. 
Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need for your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're excited about our new sports betting partner here on Locked On because, well, they're the number one sports book in America. It's FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, even better. Many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can download the FanDuel app right now and you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. Get this, you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything for the money line, point spreads, who's going to score a touchdown, just pages of pages of prop games, uh, props up there on the menu for you to dabble into for Super Bowl 57. FanDuel Sportsbook is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. Uh, Biz and I in the past maybe had some trouble with other apps out there. Getting those winnings, never a problem with FanDuel. Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. Again, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Biz, FanDuel, how about that? Moving up in the world, we got FanDuel here with us on the Lockdown Network, and well, you like to dabble. You got to. I like. I like that you referenced our, our shady days of uh, <laughs> overseas overseas gambling, where uh, if you wanted to get money, Ooh. send in your request and uh, cross your fingers, hope it hope it comes. It always did, but sometimes it was six to eight weeks later, and it had to travel through some unique unique ways to get there and you never quite got the exact same amount of money that you requested. Yeah. You always get something you know, you'd request 500 bucks. You'd get $501 and 23 cents. Somehow it would randomly get changed around a little bit, but it got there. So, I remember making my way to one, one of those check cashing places when I got one of those checks. Cause I didn't want to put it in the bank. Cause a, my grandma still worked at the bank at the time when we were in college. And so I went to one of those uh, check cashing places and that process took a long time to finally get the money. And well, they took a hunk out of that too, but not, not a problem with band. All because you're scared of grandma. I know and we didn't eat grandma knowing exactly what we were doing with some of that money that was in the account, but uh, a better day now with FanDuel. Well, not a better day for Iowa football the other day as the benchmarks were put in place for Brian Ferentz to keep his job. Now, they, they had a term for this one. And and first of all, I mean, just the terminology that they used, it, it was kind of laughable. They called it designated performance objectives. Now, I said it's very similar to an IEP that you put a special needs kid on if you work in education and doing that for a number of years and working with IEPs. I mean, that's where we are with Iowa football. We have to put an IEP in place for our offensive coordinator. Yet, here we are once again. But they didn't raise the bar real high. Not not a difficult hurdle for Brian to get over to keep his job. Yeah, in my job, Trent, they call them PIPs, so Performance Improvement Plan. And uh, okay. I, I don't do it anymore, but I used to be in charge of our, our recruiting and younger attorneys. So every once in a while, we'd have to put a younger attorney on, on a PIP. So uh, that's immediately what I thought of as well. But, you know, again, Trent, I'm not sure there's anything brilliant I can say about this that everybody else hasn't already said. But uh, the one thing that just comes to mind to me is, why? Why are we doing this? Well, who who thinks this was a good idea? I just I, I just imagine, and I'm too lazy to look it up, but I assume Brian Ferentz's agent is, is Neil Cornish. He represents yeah. Dad, and he represents you know half of the players that come out. And so, I just imagine the conversation that happened between Neil Cornish and, and, and Gary Barta. And I assume it was Gary Barta went to him and said, you know, Neil, we, we can't we can't extend his contract. He's going to be on a one year contract this year. 
and everything else is going to stay the same. And I assume Neil brilliantly said, how about, how about this Gary? How about we, we take a pay cut? We'll, we'll take $50,000 less, <laughs> but in exchange for that $50,000 less, if we meet these, these incentives, we actually will get a, a bonus next year and we're locked in for, for multiple years. What do you think? And, and I'm assuming Gary said, Oh, a pay cut. Oh, the, 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 the public will love that. I, I'm being, I'm being tough here. We're giving Brian a pay cut. And then he agreed to it. it just, why did this happen? It reminds me so much of, we talked about it three or four years ago when we gave Ferentz, Kirk Ferentz, an extended contract and extended him out like another four years. Like what was the leverage to do that? Kirk wasn't going anywhere. Nobody was, there's nobody knocking down his door to, to do that. I mean, the same thing here. What, what was, Brian Ferentz has zero leverage, none whatsoever. Why are we, I mean, I, if, if you just simply say you meet these exact objectives or you're fired, that probably is totally different than what we're seeing today. But instead they're saying you meet these objectives you get a bonus and a two-year locked-in contract. I just, who thought this was a good idea? I don't understand it. It is, it's so frustrating because we actually had a PR win for once with the whole Orange Crush thing. And it's like everybody sat around and said, how can we How can we F that up? How can we ruin any goodwill we've made and, and just burn that down quickly? And let's do this. So... Oh, the whole thing is, is just so depressing, Trent. I'm so tired of talking about Brian Ferentz. I'm so yeah. tired of the whole discussion. Like, it's such low-hanging fruit. No, nobody, I don't know a single person that thinks he should be the offensive coordinator next year. Um, I don't know a single person that thinks this contract is a good idea. It's just, it's like a, a pinata. Everybody can you just get free whacks at this thing because it's just so easy to, to whack at. And the frustrating thing is, we're going to have a good football team next year. And we should be yeah, talking absolutely. about that good football team next year. Nobody does. And that's, it's just so infuriating because there's so many positive things that have happened in this program the last couple of months. They've done a good job of, of addressing the needs and focusing on making this team better for next year. And nobody cares because of this crap. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I'll, I'll stop and let you talk for a while. Cause like I said, I could go off on a, on a rant and really get angry, but it's just, it's just so frustrating because it, the narrative for Iowa football all year is going to be a running joke now. And it shouldn't be because this team has a chance to be a darn good football team next year. They do. And they're going to be better offensively. They're going to average 25 points a game. They're going to do all these things. They're going to hit it. Here's something, though. Let's say Cade McNamara gets hurt and they fall short of that. And Iowa goes nine and three. Short of a division title, nice solid year. They average 24 and a half points per game. Or let's put it at 24.4 so they don't round up. And Brian's fired. Does that mean that Kirk just walks away? You know, and that that's another angle to this that I don't want to see Kirk walk away. I, I don't want to have to see him go through that. But if this has been in place and they fall just short of that, they have a nice year, or even they go 10 and 2, but they don't average 25 points per game and they have a nice season and they get to Indianapolis <laughs> and yet Brian's fired, you're, you're setting up these, these ridiculous things that, A, you don't need to. It hasn't helped. Do you think that everybody's rushing out now to buy season tickets after that? And when single game tickets go on sale, they're going to be going out there. Well, you know, they got these things in place. Now, I'm, no, it, it doesn't change anything. And yet, 
it also possibility makes Kirk say, you know what? The hell with it. I'm going to retire after that season and, and walk away. I don't want to see that, but just another thing that on the surface, I get what Barta was doing, but it just wasn't thought through. Well, and the funny thing is you go back and look at 2009, Trent, that team 11 and two mm-hmm. didn't average 25 points a game. Absolutely. I mean, they averaged 23.5 yep. or something. So it's such a, just unnecessary. And like I said, I mean, the focus on this team should be all the good things they've done because you can go back and get frustrated that they, this coaching staff clearly misread some things last year and they didn't, they weren't active enough in the portal because they thought they were going to have a good wide receiver core and they thought the offensive line was going to be a lot better than, than they did. And then due to a variety of things, you know, Chuck Jones transferring out injuries, problems at that, we had epically bad wide receivers and epically bad offensive line last year. But this year, give them credit. I mean, they've they've learned from their mistakes. I mean, what we should be talking about is they brought in one of the highest rated quarterbacks that that we've had in decades. We brought in an all Big Ten caliber tight end. We brought in two new offensive linemen who look like they've got some promise. We brought in, you know, Flipper Joe, Flipper Anderson's kid. We're leading on probably the ACC leading tackler right now. Plus, we returned Joe Evans. We returned Noah Shannon. We returned Tory Taylor. All those guys. I mean, there's a lot of good things. I mean, those guys don't come back, and people don't want to come here if there's not a good culture and a good foundation in this program. There clearly is. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of good things going on in this program, but nobody wants to talk about those things because of the the national laughing stock that is the Ferentz family right now. And it's going to happen whether we like it or not. It's going to happen all year long. I mean, I saw somebody this morning already created a Twitter account called the Brian Brian Ferentz Point Tracker. (laughs) It already had like 100 some followers this morning. And it's, you know, Every game, it's going to be if we score forty-one against, you know, who's it? Utah State, the opening game. Yeah, there's yeah. going to be the running jokes of Brian's running it up, and good, he needs to run it up. But that's going to be the running joke all year long, and it just shouldn't be that way. This is a team that we should be looking at and saying, "Man, this is a, a legit, if not the favorite, one of the favorites to win the Big Ten West next year." And that, that's not what anybody's talking about. This should be a time of year when. It should be all positives, and there's very little positives right now. I mean, we, we are we are, and will continue to be a national laughing stock until we prove otherwise. Well, we're going to put a positive spin on things. We're, we're going with the positivity sandwich. Start positive, in the middle, a little rough. We're going to come back. Positivity sandwich, that's a nice way to put it, Sure. <laughs> we're going to hit that as we continue. We're a family-friendly fr- family show. That's how we do things. This is Locked On Hawkeyes. All right, Trenton Biz back with you one final time on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Our new podcast is also out there. It is Lockdown College Basketball. Check it out right now. Everything you need to know inside of college hoops from the big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Lockdown College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. So we got Iowa Purdue. We talked about that, Biz, a, a little bit. The Iowa women. You know, the win against Maryland, that was the only team that Caitlin Clark hadn't beaten in her career and a great performance. So she scores 42, <laughs> fouls it up in that weird sandwich spot. You're going out to Penn State. I saw Saturday night, they left late to get out to State College. We've been there plenty of times. Not exactly an easy place. Now, of course, they're chartering in, so a little bit different. But they got out there late, early tip off. Boy, could this be? And they just come out and they dominate from the get-go. Another triple-double from Caitlin Clark. And now it's this Indiana game. 
I've seen Indiana a couple of times this year, just bits and pieces, you know, five minutes here, 10 minutes there. They're really good. They're a lot better than Ohio State team. I will bet on went on the road for. They're better than Maryland. You know, Brenda Freeze kind of has had to do this on the fly. And she's put together a good team. She's a good coach, but certainly not some of the past Maryland teams. For my money, if there's anybody that's going to upend this Iowa team, it is Hoosiers. They're talented. They can beat you a couple of different ways. They can score it. They can play physical. They can get out and run. This is, I mean, this is the final boss of the Big Ten right here, this Hoosier squad. Yeah, same. I, I, I've watched more women's basketball this year than I think I ever have, and I've watched Indiana same. team, and I, I agree with you. That the big thing is that they've got a post player that can can give – is going to give us fits, and they can go, you know, man up or, or woman up on on uh, on Cezano, and that's always gives us fits a little bit. But to me, the X factor for Iowa basketball is Hannah Stolke. I mean – just in the last couple of weeks, what you've seen, Hanstalke's always had all the talent in the world, but now her and Caitlin are on the same page. And when Caitlin Clark trusts you, watch out. Because you can <laughs> tell in the past, the only post player that Caitlin Clark has ever trusted is Monica. Any other post player, she's always very hesitant to pass to them. She's always, you know, she just, she's smart enough to know they're not on the same page as her. But in the last couple of weeks in that Maryland game, that was a that was poetry emotion. I mean, it's just basically, Hannah, you get out and run, you get a half step in front of someone, I'm gonna hit you on the run. Yeah. And when Caitlin Clark trusts you and you get on the same page as her, watch out. And she, Hannah Stolke is obviously just a different level of talent than we've ever had in the post at Iowa. And I mean, not knocking Megan Gustafson or, or Monica Cesano, they're both legendary basketball players. But Hannah Stolke has that talent that she could be next level great if, if she keeps working. And Clark's finally clicking with her. So, you know, I, do I think we're going to go to Indiana and win? I don't know. But I wouldn't doubt it right now. I mean, they're, they're, they're clicking on all cylinders. And, when, like I said, when Clark gets rolling like she has the last couple of games, it's uh, – we talked about Iowa men's basketball being beautiful basketball. Iowa women's basketball is, is another level beautiful when they're, when, uh, when they're on a roll. But kind of like the men – they got to make shots too. I mean, they got Gabby Marshall, got to make shots. Kate Martin's got to make shots. Uh, you know, Warnock's got to make shots. If, if they're clicking, they shoot 50% threes, they can beat anybody. And that's a fun place to be. South Carolina, they're a different animal. They are just completely built different than most teams. But you know, Iowa played pretty well against UConn, but they had a shot. And UConn takes South Carolina to the wire. I still think there's a gap there. There's going to be certain matchups, and it's going to be dictated also the way the game is called. I, I think that's going to be a part of it. Certain matchups for Iowa when they play some of these physical teams, game's going to have to be called a little bit tighter. It's just the reality of the way it is. And, and you, know, you just run out of superlatives to, to talk about Caitlin Clark. I mean, uh, we, we opened my radio show yesterday talk, on Monday uh, talking just a little bit about the Penn State game. And you just run out of different ways to say she's awesome because that's all it is. She just, she's playing a different sport than what we see out there. And it's so much fun to watch, but Hey biz, we're a little short on time here. So let's get out of here and I'm glad to have you back with us. Let's finish up with a little business beat. Well, Trent, uh, business beat, uh, this week is, is goes to the, the Super Bowl, And, uh, we haven't, we haven't talked about Super Bowl betting or anything yet. But uh, the Super Bowl this year is between two teams that you and I, neither one of us care about at all. Um, so 
talking about it, what's the odds this be? What's the odds that either the Bears or my my Rams are not very good make it back to the Super Bowl again? Let's talk Bears only at this point. Okay, with the Bears, what's the odds that the Bears make it before uh, your 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 two young kids graduate high school? I was just thinking about that as a Bears fan. Uh, yeah, what, what what are the odds? All right, so we're talking 15 years, 16 years before uh, Jack finishes up high school. In the next 15 years, you got that big of a run. Justin Fields, you're excited about, but getting a Super Bowl, getting a win. The look, the organization's not well run. I don't know. I give it a lot. It is, and we'll see about Kevin Warren making his way there. Now he's going to be working more on the stadium than anything. I, I'm hopeful that they have a GM in place that's competent and a coach that's competent, something that isn't always the case with that organization. Let's see, uh, one in one in five. How about that? One in five chance they'll get there over the next 15 years. Is that good? Well, that, 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 that's not a lot of hope, Trent. I was beat down. I, I was... In kindergarten, when they last won a Super Bowl, I was the team in baseball that I root for. I was in middle school the last time that happened, and now I'm in my 40s. So it's been a while. When you've been beat down as much as I have in professional sports, that's the kind of optimism that I have. I'm sure Melt's going to yell at me you know, for, for that kind of number, and he thinks the number's a lot higher than that. Dumps will do the same, but I'm just I'm beat down. I can't give good odds. How about you? you? You've been plenty of Bears games. You've been sitting up in your suite. You've had a good time up there. What, what I'm going to guess you give the Bears a little better shot than I would. Well, I mean, at some point, at some point they have to get lucky. I mean, they've had such terrible yeah. luck at uh, quarterbacks. I mean, I saw something posted that the last time they had, the, the what was it, 1943 or something was the last time they, they had a, a quarterback that started the Pro Bowl. Like, uh, it's a luckman. I mean, it was literally like 80 years ago or, 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 start, or started the, at that time. It wasn't even the pro bowl. It was called like the postseason. Yeah. yeah. But uh, at some point, whether it's fields or somebody, they have to get lucky and just, just, I mean, they, they have to strike gold on a quarterback at some point. So I'll take, if you're giving me five to one odds on the next 16 years, Trent, you, you gotta take, you gotta take the five to one odds. That's probably right. You're, you're doing it right over there, biz. Well, we will talk again soon. I'll, I'll make sure we don't go another month before we speak again. I'll also give you a little better heads up going forward, and we'll try to do this maybe on a weekly basis as we make our way through basketball season. I know you're busy over there as well, but this team, these both these teams are so much fun to talk about and, and get into. We'll make it work a little bit more. Thanks for your time today, Biz. All right, go Hawks.